Welcome, Red Sox fans. Here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Totally Legit or Calling the Cops. We do this episode twice a month. It's one of our more higher downloaded episodes, so I'm sure you will enjoy it. We are also brought to you in part by the Minute Media Podcast Network. You can find all kinds of podcasts on there across literally every single sport, not just baseball. So check them out after you listen to all of our podcasts, that is. Jason Kelly, Charlie Smith, back with me for this episode. Guys ready to go? I'm ready. Let's do it. Same here. Let's get it done. All right. Out of the gates, Manscaped is sharper than most of the Red Sox rotation. I'll just say totally legit right away. Absolutely. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pew problem? Oh, boy. If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick, kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Yeah, totally legit. So getting into the more serious questions, we'll start off with this one. The Yankees will go on an incredible run to win the division, especially once Corey Kluber and Luis Severino are back by September. Jason, is that totally legit, or are you calling the cops? I am calling the cops. Um, the only people more delusional than Yankees fans are the Red Sox fans who think that doing nothing at the deadline was a positive move. Um, no, the, the whole idea that, oh, just wait, we're getting Severino back, we're getting Kluber back, we're gonna, Yankees going to make a run now because why? Because they got Rizzo and they got Joey effing Gallo? Like, no, please. It that team has so many more holes on it than just, oh, we were missing a couple of left-handed hitters. Like, okay, so Rizzo's now probably the best hitter in your lineup outside of Aaron Judge. The rest of your lineup still kind of blows. It still kind of blows. So I don't understand this idea that, oh, we're going to get Kluber back and Severino and we're going to be okay. No, no, you're not. Garrett Cole's been exposed now. He's not this nasty sort of untouchable pitcher that everyone thought he was. Um, I don't think hitters are afraid of him anymore and they're not afraid of the rest of your rotation. So uh, the rest of the American league East is still too strong. Um, the Yankees 
have too much ground to make up. So, sorry, I'm calling the cops on that one. They're not making that run. I'm actually in a weird state of flux because I think the addition of Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo just made this team interesting. Luis Severino coming back, Corey Kluber coming back, my pride and joy that I really wanted to have early this year makes the Yankees at least interesting. I'm This is a weird one where I can't call the cops or say totally legit. I think the Red Sox and Yankees will end up two games apart, either above or below. It's going to be that close. Um, the Yankees did more at the deadline to beef up their team. They got two bats. The Red Sox got one. The Red Sox got one bat that can't bat yet. The Yankees got two that can play right now. And while Garrett Cole has been exposed... He's still kind of getting it done again, as were some of the other pitches that played for the Red Sox and other teams in Major League Baseball. They've already made up three games against the Red Sox so far in the last, you know, three days. So I don't know if I can say call the cops on it because if Joey Gallo starts to warm up and Anthony Rizzo can continue to stay consistent, at least batting, because offensively or defensively that – uh, pop fly that he just didn't get was just stupid. I don't know how that happened. Um, the Yankees are going to be a, a threat. I, I'm actually kind of saying it. I'm leaning more towards totally legit. I think this is a team that could potentially get warm and start to do some damage. I think they could definitely go on a run as well. I guess officially I'm, I'm still going to call the cops because I, I think Tampa is just that damn good. And their bullpen is number one in Major League Baseball, so I just feel like I just feel like with the Yankees, they they're definitely good enough to make it interesting. It, Anthony Rizzo had his fingerprints on all three wins this weekend, and everybody's saying, "Oh, you know that was the Marlins, no big deal." You know they sold off some pieces, but his OBP, he'd be, he'd he'd have the highest on base percentage right now, if he were on the Red Sox, just just barely above Devers and Martinez. But I think he could be the spark plug that really wakes this team up. And I think they only need one of Kluber or Severino to work out well to to get in there with Cole. Montgomery's pitched okay. He's been up and down like, you know, like Erod and and uh, Pavetta has been throughout the year. But I'm not writing him off. Let's say that. I'll I'll just say that. But uh, I'm officially for now in the in the calling the cops category. Next, the Red Sox will be in fourth place by the end of August. Jason, is that totally legit, or are you calling the cops? Oh, the way things have been going lately, I want to say totally legit so badly because I'm so pissed off at this team and the way they've been playing. But I can't bring myself to do it. I'm going to call the cops on this one. They're not going to drop all the way to fourth. Okay, so as much as I'm, you know, the, the lid on the panic button is opened and I've got my hand kind of hovering over it, but I'm not pressing it yet. Now, let's see. I, you know, they've got some cream puff teams coming up. So if they lose a lot of these series coming up, then I'll hammer that panic button. Then I'll start to say, yeah, okay, 
maybe they really will just tank and go down to fourth. But I still think they're better than New York. I still think when it comes down to it against Toronto, it's going to be close. Toronto might have a little bit more of an edge now, but uh, I still think the Red Sox can give them a run for their money. So I, at the very least, I, I think they could drop down to third, but I don't think they'll go all the way to fourth. So I'm calling the cops on that one. I'm, I'm with Jason on that one. I think they'll end up in third place by the end of the year. I don't think they're going to fall to fourth. Either the Yankees or the Blue Jays will kind of surprise us and, and flounder. Um, I do think the Red Sox will find themselves in third place, and I think that 25% uh, chance of making the playoffs has – or 25% chance of actually making it and doing something has actually gone down. There's uh, a higher probability that they'll miss the playoffs. Terry and I were talking about this uh, on an earlier show where um, – I think Terry said 40%. It was Andrew, it was when it was Andrew, myself, and Terry, and uh, Terry said 40%, and Andrew and I both went, wait, what? And then it ended up coming back down to about 25%. I think that percentage is probably a little bit higher now, just because if you have these little, if you have another one of these three game sets where you blow it and the and the Yankees or the Toronto Blue Jays actually come back and crack you, uh, your five and a half is down to two and a half or three and a half. And you that's not safe in one month of baseball you very easily could find yourself in fourth. But the probability of that happening, falling two more spots, I just can't get behind it. So I'm going to call the cops on that too. I was just looking at the wild card standings. Oakland's at 60 wins right now. Yankees at 56, Toronto at 54. So just kind of looking to see what the wild card race is looking to be. But... With Barrios, I know he has bad numbers against the American League East and Barrios, the big acquisition that Toronto got a couple of days ago uh, on the morning of the trade deadline. But he slots in there nice. I mean, if he's the ace, then Hunjin Ryu would be number two in that rotation, which, you know, he's a top of the rotation guy. Robbie Ray kind of having a resurgence this year. So that's a great one, two, three. And they certainly do have the offense to to put up eight runs on anyone on a given night. Even if it's Garrett Cole, even if it's Nathan Avaldi, And I don't think, uh, yeah, Chris Sale won't have to face them at all this year. But... But that's a team that that definitely scares me. They are six and a half games behind the Red Sox right now. Yankees are five and a half games out. This is a big week. This is a big week. We just covered in the uh, previous episode. Even though Detroit's a last place team, Red Sox, based on the pitching matchups with Perez and, and Richards being in there, you could drop two out of three, and then you could lose three out of four to the Blue Jays. And then what are we talking about at the end of the week? You guys actually are going to be um, doing the Toronto show next Sunday. but Oh, I'll be listening. I'll be listening because I'm curious to hear uh, how positive you're going to be able to be if your team gets absolutely spanked against Detroit. I'll be listening. Yeah, and I'll most certainly, oh, I'll most certainly be commenting if there's some some excessive positivity for no goddamn reason. <laughs> right, we scuffled against them in April or May, if I if I'm not mistaken as well. But I I guess I'm just gonna 
for now, I guess I'll call the cops on it. But a week ago, we were nine and a half games ahead of the Yankees. That's been cut almost in half in just a week. And we were ten and a half up against the Blue Jays. That's down to six and a half. So a bad week could really, really tighten things up. So let's see. Next on the docket, Kevin Ploiecki should see more games at catcher over Christian Vasquez. Is that totally legit, Jason, or are you calling the cops? No, I'm calling the cops on this one too. Um, I know that people are critical of Vasquez, and at times rightfully so, but he's still the better offensive catcher. And normally when you have a lineup that's really good, I would say I don't care what you get from the catcher position as long as he calls a good game and the pinching staff is comfortable with him. But this offense is scuffling right now. And I'll take any production I can get from any position. And I think Christian Vasquez still has the capability to produce for you in high leverage situations. So um, I'm a big Plowacki guy. I, I'm glad that they brought him back. I'm glad that he's uh, in tandem there with Vasquez. But to say that he should get a bulk of the playing time, no. It, there's a reason why this guy was signed as a backup. He, he's never been good at the plate. Um and I, I don't see him as being like all that differently behind the plate either in terms of calling games or playing defense. So uh, I think Vasquez should continue to get more starts because at the end of the day, he will give you more offense. And right now, this team needs it. If we're just looking at the month of July and not the whole span of things, they both had losing records. In games that they played in, they did not they did not get the job done. Now, game started, that's a different story. Ploiecki actually did a little bit better in game started than uh, Vasquez did. But I think at this point in the season, you have to go with the guy that's that's been there a little while longer offensively in the games that Ploiecki's actually played in, not just having like these little one-at-bat dinky games. Um, Ploiecki actually does well in the games that he plays in. Vasquez has been the guy that most of the pitchers have relied upon. I don't think they're going to shy away from that with less than two months away from the season. I think if you were to make a change now, that would signal something's going on. And here's the thing. You make a change now to Ploiecki. I'm also, so I'll, I'll say calling the cops here. I think that Vasquez will finish it out. Um, if you were to switch it all over to Ploiecki, that would signal that you have no faith in Vasquez. That would shatter his confidence as a catcher. And in addition to that, what if the team completely gets blown up? What if the Red Sox go from instead of like a, a in my opinion, a sub 500 team right now, given everything that we've seen, to like a 300 team or a 400 team because of switching to Ploiecki from Vasquez? Unless Vasquez has an ailment that we don't know about, he needs to be in that. He needs to be starting um, a majority of those games. I don't mind spelling him with Ploiecki every once in a while, but making that switch, I think, would signal some problems. I'm going to say that from an offensive standpoint, I think it's legit that the Red Sox would be better offensively with Ploiecki in there. He's hitting 278 on the season, and that that's about 30 points north of 
what Vasquez is doing at the plate, but much more so than Vasquez, Ploiecki just, he's a lot more clutch. He gets a lot, he just hits better in bigger spots right now. There was, uh, we stranded runners throughout the series. I mean, that we talked about that quite a bit in the last episode and, and Vasquez, you know, struck out in a, a big spot and, you know, the, he, he didn't, he just didn't get it done in, in a spot where, and especially where Dahlbeck's coming up after him and Arauz and so often Vasquez is the last guy in line to where if he doesn't get it done, the, you know, the few batters behind him aren't going to either. And Vasquez just hasn't been getting it done lately. And, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind shaking it up a little bit. Let me ask you guys this, adding a layer to this. What if you put Vasquez at first base just to get Ploiecki's bat in the lineup? Oh, I I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I mean, but if we're going to going to start throwing anybody at first base anyway, then at least Vasquez I feel like can play there. I I actually feel like it, he's played third base before and he's looked pretty decent over there. So Played second base um, too. Yeah, he's he's kind of been moved all over. So I at least feel like Vasquez has the athleticism to be able to handle it. So yeah, if that's where they end up going, I actually won't hate that at all. I am erring on the side of caution with that one because of so many injuries that we've already had at um, first base. If you lose him and you force Ploiecki to be your go guy, I don't like it. I think you have to err on the side of caution. Schwarber will be back. No, I don't think it's a perfect world. I don't think it's fantastic. Oh, God, Plucky at first. Vasquez at first base. Like, I'm sure he wouldn't mind doing it if we had another solid catching option. I would be okay with it if we had another catching option. But unfortunately, Plucky can't play every day. So having him play at first base just to get him in the lineup, sparingly, sparingly. I mean, you could call up Connor Wong as a backup and roughly split their time 50-50 if you had to, but I, I'm just tired of the the Dahlbecks, the Danny Santanas. I, I mean, Franchi's had a few starts, hasn't been super stellar at first base. I'm just tired of that, and I think... If you can find a way to get Ploiecki in the lineup, you're going to get much better production out of Ploiecki than you will Dahlbeck, Santana, Cordero, what have you. Here's another way to do it if you if you want to. J.D. Martinez, put him out in left field and then D.H. Ploiecki or, or flip Ploiecki and, and Vasquez back and forth in that spot when they need time off or based on whoever's pitching whatever works best. See, this is the frustrating thing to me. Alex Cora, no doubt, is a top, is probably a top two or three manager in the game. But I'm at the point now where Kevin Cash has to get credit at some point. And all these, all these teams in the American League East right now aren't perfect. They're flawed, every single one of them. But Kevin Cash is winning right now because that's what he does every year. He has to manage those types of teams 
and come up with the solutions. Now, we can bag on him for game six and taking Snell out of, of the World Series, and that's going to that's gonna follow Kevin Cash for the rest of his career. But I just feel like Kevin Cash would be would be looking at, at the holes in this Red Sox lineup and coming up with solutions a little bit better. I really believe that. And I think Alex Cora is getting outmanaged right now by Kevin Cash. It, it doesn't help, though. Um, you know, this is a team, and they were talking about this, too. We talked about, I mean, I don't know if we've actually had the conversation, but this is a team that you traded away Blake Snell. You got rid of Rich Hill. You just lost Tyler Glasnow to Tommy John, and you're still kicking the shit out of the team that was in first place in the division. You lost your three starters and they're still competing i don't care what anybody says no team develops pitchers like tampa bay and you've seen pitchers leave tampa bay and go to other teams blake snell who just fell apart in san diego and he was saying oh man i I miss my i miss my guy like I, i miss i miss being successful yeah no shit you chose the paycheck you wanted to leave the team that made you okay it is what it is Tampa Bay could have five scrubs in the rotation and win three games out of five. No other team in Major League Baseball could do that. It's unbelievable. It just is unbelievable. Kevin Cash is the manager of the year, and anyone who who differs or argues that, are you really watching the game? Do you know what Tampa Bay's lost and given up? This is a team that wanted Max Scherzer. They wanted Chris Bryant. They got neither, and they still swept Boston. I mean, at what point do you have to just come on, you sit and say, come on, all right, tip your cap and say, yes, this team just owned us. Handedly. Handedly. In addition to the three pitchers you just mentioned, they've also lost Charlie Morton since last year. <laughs> yeah. And here we are. Here, here they are. Just winning. That McClanahan kid is just nasty and Yarbrough pitches well against everyone except us, apparently. But uh, and that Fleming kid's coming along, so just absolutely insane. All right, final one. Uh, Martin Perez will lose his job before Garrett Richards loses his. Total legit, Jason, or calling the cops? Uh, I feel like a broken record on this episode, but I'm calling the cops on this one too. Really? <laughs> because because Garrett Richards is just such an absolute mental case that I just I feel like at least Martin Perez every now and then can give you a good quality start. He's not going to dazzle anybody anymore, um, you know. But he, can he give you six, seven innings, only giving up maybe three runs and keeping your team in it? Yeah. Can you get that out of Garrett Richards? Hell no. You can't even get four good innings out of Garrett Richards. By the second inning, you're sitting there sweating, holding your breath, going, oh, my God, how is there no one up in the bullpen yet? Can we get this guy out of here? Like, he's a complete mental case. He knows it. The team knows it. Um, I do agree with you that I think that Cora doesn't have a lot of faith in Martin Perez. I think he's made that pretty clear. And I think Martin Perez does have a tendency to quit on himself when things get tough. But, oh, my God, the the body language that comes from Garrett Richards when things aren't going well, you know, when he has a bad inning, 
it's just for a team like this that is now going to have to really fight to contend and fight to make it to the playoffs, you can't have a guy like Garrett Richards going out there and pitching. You just can't. It's it's inexcusable at this point. So um, as bad as Perez has been lately, and he's going to have a few more bad starts because that's just who he is, he's still not as bad as Garrett Richards. So I still think Richards will lose his job first. I have been waiting probably all year for this moment to ask about who should lose their job first. And in the rotation, it's Garrett effing Richards. I mean, literally, you are... This is the equivalent to that person that just can't hold their liquor after one beer. This is just... It's... You feel awful in your stomach. It's like that breakup moment, if you guys have ever experienced that. Not fun. It's awful watching him pitch. It's awful hearing his name. You want to throw up in your mouth. Nothing is good about him. This is like one of the saddest. It's it's downright irresponsible to have him trot out there every fifth game. If I'm an umpire, I don't even have to bother checking his glove. Because even if he has the shit, he still sucks. It hurts me that he's still in the rotation now. Like this, This should have been done a month ago. But because of Chaim Bloom not adding a pitcher and not just picking up Matt Boyd, anybody, for this, for the lack of a better term, that's why. Chris Sale can't come back soon enough, but at the same time, we have to be patient with him because as soon as Chris Sale is back, get Richards, better pack his bags and say toodaloo because that team option ain't worth garbage because that man is garbage. They're both they both have team options that will not be picked up next year in all likelihood but i i still don't know where i'm going with this one they're gonna the decision's gonna get made this week i think they're both pitching in the tiger series it could come down to whichever one's worse i guess i'll say I'll call the cops as well. I think Perez will likely keep his job over Richards. But I'll say this. If one of them has to get DFA'd by the end of the year, and and especially after Sale comes back, I bet Perez gets DFA'd first. Because I just think there's that low of confidence in him from Alex Cora. And I think Richards would probably pitch better out of the pen. I just feel like they could narrow down his two best pitches, put him in the bullpen. It wouldn't necessarily be a long relief type situation, but I just feel like he's more likely to still be pitching for them in, in late September in some capacity. I could see it. I don't hate the idea of Richards in the bullpen. Um, I think that that might be the best move for him now at, at this stage of his career. It's pretty obvious that he can't see too many hitters too many times. So um, if they really get him to focus on what his best pitches are and just get him to kind of focus on, three batters at a time, one inning at a time, take it from there. 
maybe that's what he needs. Again, the guy's a complete mental case, so you got to make things pretty easy on him. Just say, hey, Garrett, we just need you to get three outs. That's it. And then you're good, you know? Um, so I can see that. I, I I do like the idea of him going to the bullpen because if Perez is out of the rotation, there's really no role for him. He's not – I don't think he's a bullpen guy. I hate Garrett Richards. I don't want to see him here. <laughs> he drives me nuts. He drives me up a wall. It's like somebody trying to make an argument or make the case that, you know, um, Bobby Dahlbeck should be here. Like, I'm sorry, but both of them should be gone. I mean, at this point, just – do we not have any other options? We've got to have something else other, you know, uh, up our sleeves here. I just, I can't do it. I can't get behind Garrett Richards. I will always call the cops if there's another, you know, I, I will, I'll say totally legit if it means Garrett Richards sucks. I'll say call the cops if anyone makes an argument that he deserves to have more leash. I, I can't stand Garrett Richards. I may actually dislike Garrett Richards more than I disliked Matt Hall last year. And there was a whole lot of hatred for Matt Hall last year. <laughs> I just think Richards works harder to try to figure it out. And I think his obstacles are, are much higher than Perez, which, which gets me a little bit more frustrated with Perez because I mean, he's still dealing with all the pitches that he's had earlier in the season. Like he can still throw those Richards can't throw a, a change up at 3000 RPM. So he doesn't. And he's out there trying to come up with solutions. I think Alex Cora respects the effort. And that's that's why I think he's he's more likely to have some role, uh, albeit probably a small one. But, but that will do it for this episode. We try to keep them within 30 minutes and we always run over, but we got there this week and basically 30 minutes flat. So we'll be back on Thursday night to discuss the outcome of the series of which both, like I said, Perez and Richards will be pitching in. So we'll see how they do and discuss it then. Take care.